everybody. Welcome back to Author Eke. Today I have John Stamp, who has written, uh, I believe, seven novels. He has a very interesting background, and uh, I have to tell him how I ran into some of these NCSI guys in, uh, in Allen, Texas, which was unusual. But So yeah, go ahead, John. T- talk, tell us about yourself. Oh, first off, thanks for having me, and uh, happy Veterans Day, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, I um, I uh, I think I wrote my first uh, novel when I was in fifth grade and failed math class while I hand wrote <laughs> about fifty five pages of an awful uh, like alien abduction buddy comedy, I guess, uh-huh. and uh, spent the next like uh, thirty years walking around with a notebook in my hand, thinking that I could I could figure out how to do this. And then, uh, you know, 36 years old, I finally uh, finished um, grad school and um, all the time that I had in grad school that I was working in, in writing, I kind of plugged out of my day. So I, I got done. I was like, hey, I got an outline here. I'm going to just use that time to get 500 words a day. And boom, I uh, like eight months later, I had a I had a manuscript done. And uh, wow, it's like I was like, that was fun. I think I'm going to do it again. And I did it another seven times. Well, uh, eight. Because <laughs> I got Dang. I got one sitting in the can that uh, that I'm working on right now. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you don't have to uh, write a manual or write a write a little short story to fail math. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I did. <laughs> but I didn't write anything. <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, I, I could do one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I made it through college by taking all statistics courses. <laughs> I, oh wow! I think I, by high school, I learned that uh, me and math were never going to get along. Yeah. <laughs> and so in college, it's like, what's statistics? That seems easy. I'll just yeah, do, that. do that. Yeah. What's two thirds? <laughs> That's how right. many people That's did right. it? Yeah. So, all right. Well, so tell us about your newest book. The, is, is it, or do you have a series? Is, so tell, tell us about them. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I've always, you know, just, uh, I, the first one, I, I had an idea for like kind of blending a police procedural and, and kind of a horror novel. Mm-hmm. And I uh, never had any thoughts of, of doing a, a series. I just, uh, you know, that first one, you're just like, I wonder if I can do this. Right. And then uh, you kind of either really like the characters you create or you're like, eh, I don't see where that one's going to go. Um, so I haven't really focused on series, but there have been two of different arcs in my books that 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 police procedural uh, paranormal side, uh, the um, the shattered circle has turned into two. And I have an idea for a third. Uh, following Jackson Cole as he kind of unfortunately gets wrapped up in supernatural weirdness over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And uh, despite the fact he has no interest in it whatsoever. So, right. Um, and then um, I did, I actually had a, had a couple characters pop so much in my book spoilers um, that followed a narcotics unit throughout uh, Charleston that kind of uh, got the tables flipped on him and started uh, being hunted down by an international arms smuggling uh, conglomerate. Uh, and the bad guy that that popped in that book, um, she was so awesome to write that I I had to do another one uh, just to write her again because she, uh, she she was so psycho that I was like yeah I, I need more of that she's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I never really focused on series, but the uh, my newest book, uh, I guess the newest one that was published, uh, Blood Red Ivory, I did create uh, you know purposely created a a, a character in an uh, NCIS special agent Tyrone Benhoff. Uh, and, um, with the intent of doing at least a three or four book arc with him, uh, just because I, the character, I, I kind of 
amalgamated every mm-hmm. every all the funnest people I've worked with over the last 20 years in law enforcement uh, through the working for the city of Charleston, through the FBI, through mm-hmm. the NCIS and then on later to be an instructor. Uh, just took the best parts of the of the most fun, not not necessarily the best investigators, but the most fun investigators. Right. Oh yeah, and just kind of threw him into threw him into tie. Um, so he's like the antichrist if you ask any uh, any supervisor in the federal government. But <laughs> but uh, he's you know he's uh, I I think I summed it up to one editor at one point that he was. Uh, He's much more John McClane than Marion Cabretti. And I uh-huh. just because of the, you know, the best movies all were over with by the time uh, 1990 came around. So, yes, in, uh, Stallone versus, yeah, yeah, Stallone versus yeah. Die Hard. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, the dude can't take anything serious. He can't take any, he, he hates authority. You know, all the, all the best uh, attributes that we like from, from John McClane. But mm-hmm. when the, when it comes down to it, he just figures out how to do it. He doesn't, He's not like a John Wick. He doesn't have great tactics. He's he doesn't right. have all that great a training. He just kind of figures right. it out as he goes. Mm-hmm. So that one, I've got a second one done that I'm kind of um, figuring out what to do with right now in uh, Overmatch. That kind of takes Ty out of out of that initial um, adventure in Africa and throws him into Indonesia in a completely separate adventure. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, and then you know seeing where his character goes and seeing where the people around him goes around that. So. There's probably two more in that series before I uh, got to figure out if I'm going to, you know, Jack Reacher that dude and write like 50 books with him or right. kind of let him arc out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm doing the same for my uh, for my third book. I built a team in the first two and the team is in the third, but I introduced a character in the second and I'm like, man, she's she's a, she's tough. Uh, she's got some unique capabilities and qualifications. So I said, I'm going to make her more of the, the prominent uh figure character in my new book so i yeah. think she's she can bring a lot to it and it's kind of a a play on her profession versus a cia agent but now you and, but you have a very extensive law enforcement background so you're you able to really i mean put in things that you've said or did or done or something right i uh, you, you kind of write what you know right it's um mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, I started out as a uh, police officer in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, working uh, working patrol, and then moving on to being a detective. Um, and then from there, I tell people that I saw too many movies and uh, had yeah. to be a fed. So uh, <laughs> it was after after nine eleven, and everybody's mm-hmm. ramping up. And so I'm, you know, one day, uh, you know, the supervisor hits you the wrong way, or something hits you the wrong way, and suddenly you're on USA Jobs and. FBI yep. and NCIS are both taking applications. I was like, eh, I'll put in for both of them. <laughs> you know? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So excellent. Uh, I went, I went to FBI for, uh, for about four years, moved over to NCIS. My wife and I at the mm-hmm. time had no kids and had kind of a travel bug. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking to friends that had left the police department for both agencies. And I mean, they're, they're both had, both were fun. Um, but we just, uh, at, at, at some point we're just like, ah, you know, if we go to NCS, we can go live all over the world. And we're like, let's do it. So, so I just moved over there and uh, I cool. did get to travel. I had a great time traveling with them, uh, for a period of time. And then, you know, like life happens, you, you suddenly you got a kid and you're like, do I want to move this kid every two, three years? Or do I want to put down exactly. roots? And we decided to put down roots. So I'd moved on from that too. <laughs> I had, I, had, uh, I had wanted to check out what driving Uber was like. So I was an Uber driver for a bit. And I was I picked up somebody here in town, uh, a gentleman. He dressed kind of tactical, right? You know, put – and I know I know a gun case when I see it. <laughs> I, I understand all that. You know, I was, 
you know, being in the army. So we're, you know, we're driving, I'm going, so, uh, you know, we start talking, he was in the Marines, I was in the army. And so we get along. So I said, so what do you guys, I said, well, I work for NCIS. I'm in a, uh, like a SWAT team. And we actually, uh, using the, the church here as a scenario for breaching. He said yeah. the whole team came up, I think from New Orleans. And man, what a conversation. I was like, you don't think things happen in your town like that, but it was, you know, it was very cool. It was, it was interesting talking to him. Yeah, that that React team they started after I left. It, uh, yeah, at, and it's like, oh man, like it just so much fun. You know, you know, even if you you don't get many call outs, it still just be so much fun to, to yeah. run that stuff. And the training is the best part. You get to go everywhere. And oh yeah, like a buddy of mine, buddy of mine on, on that team got to rappel from uh, the um, the screen and the. Uh, where the Cowboys play? What's that? The, uh, the uh, AT and T. Uh, AT and T. Yeah, he got the rappel oh, down really? from the screen from the, yeah, but then same team, the uh, the NCIS React team. So yeah, they they get to go play in all the different places. Oh. Got a good, pretty good budget for for the uh, tactical fashion show and the uh, and all the fun training. So man, all I had to do it's, was a helicopter and a cliff. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like that <laughs> TV. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, what you do today? I'll watch a little TV. Yeah, you know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's just swinging across it. <laughs> so yeah, no, so do you, I never. Uh, uh, no, sorry, I never. I never went the SWAT side. I, I I was a negotiator. I I thought that was a blast. And uh, oh, oh heck and yeah. I remember at one point that EOD guy was like, uh, "You should, you know, you should come join the EOD team." I'm like, "I don't do bombs. That's it's fine." Yeah, <laughs> I, there's just that, that was an absolute no. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to somebody. Yeah, I'll talk to crazy people. I don't need to. I don't need to sit next to a bomb put together by a meth head in his back basement. Yeah, as a matter of fact, so that's kind of cool. You brought that up. So in my the book that I'm writing, it part of a character. The reason why she loathes Russia is because of the incident in the in October in the theater where the Russians killed all the people in the theater with by gassing them right then that oh, Chechen, yeah. uh, uh terrorist attack mm-hmm. and in the in the book she's one of the kids russians that got out um uh but yeah it feels like uh, i mean i did a lot of research on things it's wild and she had yeah, what a so great she has backstory. a little uh, vengeance yeah so she has a yeah. little she's a little po'd <laughs> yeah and uh, that's a uh, you know they I guess people look at things differently in all the different <laughs> cultures, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a stark negotiation tactics right there. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, at the same time, they, you know, they had uh, that school in Chechnya where they were never going to win what they were, they were all standing no. on pressure plates and regardless mm-hmm. of how much time they gave them or how much, you know, they tried to placate them, they were never going to win. So I guess. Right, it's a hard one to come back from. So I, I, I can see. Yeah, let's try and put them to sleep this time. Maybe, maybe they won't set off a bunch of bombs. <laughs> oh no, that was uh, that's too much. That's a heavy dose. <laughs> put them yeah. Forever. Whoops. <laughs> that was terrible. Terrible. Uh, so a good backstory. That's a great backstory for a character. Yeah, you know, it's. it's <laughs> I don't know where you even come up with this stuff half the time. My wife's like, "Where do you come up with this stuff?" I said, "I don't know. I was a product <laughs> of the seventies. I have no idea." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. do you do you write like you have a regiment of writing, or do you write full time now? What's, no, what's I still the... got the nine to five. I uh, okay. I've still got the nine to five um, for hopefully you know a little bit little bit longer. 
Uh, no. I'd love to transition to the full-time writer gig, but um, you know, the, the economics of that and, and having two small kids I at would home starve are to death. complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to at the same time become a prepper and be able to grow my own food <laughs> and make my own clothes. You would see me walk around town with a little red wagon with a computer doing TikTok videos. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, that might work. I, I, you know, worse things have been tried oh, no. oh, and maybe gotten people millions to, of followers. I may have to try yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, um, I, yeah, I can't bring myself to, to TikTok. I just, uh, I've tried before and I'm like, man, I just, just the idea of how slimy that, I mean, they're all yeah. the social media platforms are so slimy, but that one's so outwardly just stealing information yeah. for, I, I put uh, stuff out there just to like, I'll take nuggets. They're called, I call them a nugget, a, a little piece of this. I just put it out there to drive traffic yeah, uh, to yeah. this, but try mainly, it. you know, Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll do those. And it's like, oh man, but, uh, but to your question about the regimen, yeah. Um, I, I kind of, when I first started it, it was kind of because I finished grad school. I mean, I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be the writer, like ever since I saw, you know, um, Tom Clancy, you know, dressed out in a cool flatter suit and bomb jacket. I'm like, Hey man, that's, that's oh, what yeah. authors get to do. I'm going to do that for a living. <laughs> and the, and it somehow didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I got done with grad school and I, and I would always go into work about two hours early to get my research and my writing done for school. And when school was done, I was still waking up. I was still in that zone. I'd spent two years every day doing that. Oh wow! And uh, so I'm just like, hey, I'm I'm gonna I got this time anyway, and I can't sleep. So I just finished up, but tightened up an outline I'd been working on, and mm-hmm. uh, just kept going into work early with my laptop, and I just knock out the goal of 500 words. And then you know, six eight months later, uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I got about 75,000 words of a story here. I was like, it worked. <laughs> You know? Oh yeah. So, so, yeah. so you write for do you do you, when you write do you write for a word count or you just let the story go till uh, you know like it let's say sixty thousand words in you go oh, okay I need to start finishing this up sort of thing. Uh, I think that that stress will get in there. My problem is I've got those little demons. I, I the first couple I wrote, you know, this is a job and finish your job and make your quota every day. You know, like a traffic mm-hmm. cop, write your tickets, make your quota. So I would pay attention to the word count. And then as I kept going, I'm like, you know, what? What's the rush? This is my thing. I'm not. I'm not answering to a boss. I'm the boss. So right. I uh, so I really write by scene at this point. Is that you know to make sure I can wrap up the scene or at least get to a point where I can transition to the next day if. If I'm up against the clock mm-hmm. um, and I've got, and you know, over time you just get, you kind of build, build that, uh, that regimen. So I, you know, on average, I can probably knock out um, six to 800 words in an, in an hour at this point or yeah. in 30, 45 minutes. So I don't really obsess about it as much because uh, you know, now I'm just, you know, I, you finally figure out, it's like, I don't have a boss that's going to yell at me because I don't get my right. writing count in. You're on so. your own schedule. I'm on yeah. my own schedule. Yeah, this is my thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I have to play the scene out, right? So mm-hmm. I have to write it out, but I want, but I, I, but I can visualize it. I visualize exactly what I want to put in in the books. Uh, so mm-hmm. then, you know, I can hammer out, uh, you know, a thousand words maybe a day. Depends how many interviews I'm doing on podcast or what I got going on. Uh, because yep. when I when I retired a year year ago last August for about six months, and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, I gotta um, have something to do. <laughs> I gotta do something to do. So my wife works for the school district here in Allen. She said, "Why don't you be a monitor on a school bus?" 
Like I like kids, Ooh. you know, I can hang out. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the I'm in the special education program uh, buses. Great little kids. I've actually come up with an idea for a child for a children's book that I'm going to be working on when I'm done with this this novel. That's um, awesome. Yeah, because you get, I mean, you just got to do something. So I try to write when we have a break or whatever. Uh, but do, you, do like do you have to work? Do you have to write in like a vacuum or a sterile environment, or can it be ambient noise or white noise or whatever? It's uh, it's so weird. I mean, I, I wrote uh, spoilers. Uh, I think it was my third book. Oh, excuse me. I wrote uh, my third book sitting in the uh, cab of my pickup truck. You know, because I uh, are you serious? Switched, oh yeah, I just uh, I had switched uh, jobs with different offices, and um, and so the uh, the place of work was a little bit different, and so to keep consistency, I just uh, I'd roll up at the same time to work every day. And, uh, and I just slide my seat back, put my laptop down and I just wrote my driver's seat and I wrote the entire book sitting in my driver's seat and getting, and just in that same time period that I cut out for myself every time, you know, and as things change, you know, different assignments covered, yeah. give you different kind of living arrangements in different places. Um, oh, wow. but yeah, I just, uh, as long as I keep that time consistent and try to keep mm-hmm. that, keep that kind of work ethic, I've, right. uh, I've done it in, in different places. I mean, I, I finished my, um, thesis from a master's degree working on it in four different countries while i was doing oh, it wow is that the time it was different you know different kind of lifestyle but um but yeah it's just um i it is funny that you mentioned writing in a vacuum though because uh, like at home i can't i can't work at home i just uh, never have been able to like there's this line in my head that uh-huh. says home is home is where you chill and then work mm-hmm. is where you work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do have, you know, two little boys at home. We've got uh, two, two cats that, that like to run over keyboards. So it's just, uh, it's always <laughs> been like, I walk in the door at home and the brain they shuts might have off. A book in them. They might have a book oh, in them. <laughs> they're psycho. Yeah. They're, they're nuts, man. They, so it's, it's fun. I hadn't, I've had, yeah. I've had a dog for like the last 12 years. And when he, uh, when he, uh, when he went, it was, you know, we were going to, take a, take all the time off and, you know, not have pets for a while. And that made it about two months before they ran into these two and it was done. Yeah. Yeah. But but they were a cool addition. Yeah. If, if I wrote in my car, my laptop would have ketchup all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd have to to put like a tarp. <laughs> I just start typing, hopefully the keys latch up. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope they don't get stuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh wow, that's a lot of A's. So, uh, yeah. but yeah. So you've you've written the book. Are you self published or do you have a, a publisher or how, how do you do it? I've done both. I um for the first one, you know that I've I've talked to some authors that are so patient. Like they uh, write that first manuscript and they're then they, they read it over and they're like, nope and I yep. apparently am the complete opposite. I Me wrote too. that first manuscript and I read it. I'm like, man, I love it. And so I give it off to a couple of friends. They're like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm like, okay, I need a publisher. And they just go online and you have, as with your first book, you have no idea how shady the publishing industry is. So, yes. you know, yes. you, uh, you just go on there and, and all their websites read in different ways and you can uh, filter a little bit out, mm-hmm. but you know, somebody will put up a good facade and, and, make all these deals in the contract and you're like, Oh God, I got a publisher. It's, it's legit. And you realize very quickly, it's not legit. Uh, right. After the book comes out, if the cover sucks, the, uh, you know, the, there's no marketing whatsoever, but as a first book author, you have zero idea what marketing is. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote the yeah. book. This is, I'm not a businessman. I'm an artist. So 
You were telling people to buy it. You write yeah, a book, you put it out there, and people flock to it. Yeah, that's the plan. I figured my next book yeah. I'd be writing in like Bora Bora while I'm doing research. Right. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> um, no, it's just not the way it works. So it it takes a, a little. It, I'm uh, I'm one of those people that uh, it takes a while for things to sink in. So you know, over time, I've kind of figured it out. So I did. Um, so I had a, a couple different publishers of varying quality. Um, then I, I wrote a fantasy book and it really didn't fit with the rest of the crime thrillers I've written. I mm-hmm. just wanted to try it. I wanted to write, uh, die hard in, in a medieval castle more mm-hmm. or less. Oh, well, and, okay. um, and I, and I talked to a few independent authors at the different conferences I go to and I was like, I'm just going to do this one myself. So I, I, I had I already had some good, I got a good beta reading team, I had a guy that does great covers, um, mm-hmm. good, really good editor. So I did that one myself. I loved it. Um, following that. Um, I, I started working on the Thai novel and, um, found another publisher and, and I, it won that it's, it's one that researched. I was very happy with the, with the relationship with them, but at the same time, it's, it comes back to being the same, same thing. It's like, if I got all the tools, why do I need a publisher? You know, when mm-hmm. the marketing doesn't work out when they're, you know, they're not, the distribution isn't what everybody says it is. It's mm-hmm. and the you know, they don't put the energy in that, that you put the energy into. So I'm very much writing that, that crest now of yeah. just going do my own way. You know, I've talked to yeah. a couple publishers on Ty Benhoff part two overmatch and, and at every meeting, it's like, you know, I can just do this on my own. I, I, I understand the marketing and the business side a little bit better right. now. Yep. Um, and I, and I, I don't know if there's any benefit anymore unless you're working with one of the big five that you can mm-hmm. walk into any books a million and find your book on the shelf. I don't know if it's worth it anymore to work with a publisher that can't meet that. Right. And so I'm, I'm kind of, so much kind of working going it out. on. Yeah. And there's so much help within the author community anyways that let's say, Hey, uh, I need, a, I need somebody to design a cover for me. I can reach out to you. There's mm-hmm. several people or I need to look for an editor or I, whatever. Right. So uh, there's definitely that in the community now. And there's, you know, there's a lot of talented folks out there too. Yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing. The author better. community is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I found it different than you would think. You know, having when I got out of the army to corporate America, you know, you're you put your flag jacket on backwards uh, <laughs> yeah. because people's coming after you for the backside. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is a fact. Yeah, Man. yeah, it's uh, one of those things. It's it's the same thing in law enforcement. It's like you know, can't think of many different jobs where at least like once a year, usually on the range or something, you're just like, can yeah. you believe people pay us for this? And right, then, right. It, you know, you go to a different assignment in the uh, within the same uh, agency or department, and suddenly your shock plate is is in between your shoulder blades yeah. instead of <laughs> instead of covering your vitals, right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, a, you get those little things of bicycle wears with them. You need a rear view mirror, like, okay, I need yeah, to exactly where are they coming from. <laughs> yeah, what's coming after me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't hear in a report, so that's uh, that's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're writing your. Uh, where, how far are you along in your your new novel you're writing? Uh, the the uh, Overmatch, the Ty Ben, the second Ty Benhoff novel. That thing is at uh, is at my editor right now, um, mm-hmm. and I'm and you know when she's done with it, it's 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 flowing around a couple of publishers, but I'm really just kind of. I've had some meetings and I'm just like, if you guys can't get me what I want, I, I can, I've got a great cover guy. I've got a great editor. I can do it myself on KDP. And, and it feels good being an independent mm-hmm. author because it's all on you. You're not dependent for somebody to figure out keywords or to change the title of your book. Like um, 
I really mm-hmm. liked my publisher for Blood Red Ivory, but one of the first things they did was um was change my title. I, I thought it was awesome. It takes place in Zimbabwe. Um, it's just him kind of out by himself being kind of thrown in the grease by his own management for mm-hmm. various reasons. Um, so he's just on his own one wire, one ranger caught in the middle of kind of a, uh, an old school, uh, dust up between local park rangers and ivory traders, just mm-hmm. trying to solve a homicide. So I called it East African blindside. I thought it was, you know, kind of taken from, uh, from, um, Oh man, I can't think of his name right now. Um, Kind of taken from like the old school crime crime writers uh, take mm-hmm. on on I thought I thought it was fun East African Blindside and they're like nope we're changing it I'm like well that, that's your right you guys know what you're doing <laughs> you know <laughs> but <laughs> but for this yeah for the second one though I get to I'm like nah I think I think I'm gonna handle it myself yeah so it's it's just funny how how things change and and you yeah. gotta that control is is really enjoyable when you get to do it yourself yeah uh, yeah I, I yeah. yeah. I would agree on that. Um, so, you, you, what? I mean, where do you get your inspiration other than work, and how how do you build a character? Uh, usually, it's um, over time. It's been you know either I get an idea for a scene or an idea for a bad guy or uh, it, it, or just like a flash of like, wouldn't this be cool to write about? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Ty was really the first guy that I, the first character that I intentionally sketched out. Um, Jackson Cole, uh, was basically the opposite of the bad guy. The bad guy came first in the shattered circle series. My first couple of novels, just because, um, you know, you gotta have, if, if you're gonna, if, I would start with the bad guy cause the bad guy is where all the trouble comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jackson Cole was kind of a response to that foil of the bad guy, just a complete, um, pr- pro- uh, pragmatic detective doesn't believe anything outside his five cent- senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, has never heard of the supernatural, and nor does he want to know anything about it. And I'm like, that'd be the perfect guy to go up against a demon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's not gonna believe what he's what he's thinking. What he's exactly. Seeing. Yeah, he gets a yeah. he gets his badge and a pair of handcuffs and a and a and a Glock uh, 45, and that's about all I'm giving you. Hey, you know, you're you don't have some lineage of. Uh-huh. Uh, of a grand like druid in your background that suddenly you're magical. You're not, you just, you have zero magic and you got to figure this out the way any normal person would. And I just had so much fun with that. That came with another book. And yeah, so I don't know the characters, uh, they come out of whatever the circumstances is that wants me to make this book. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, especially if you're going to write another book with the characters, characters in it, the question is, in that segment, how much do you go back and introduce the character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, yep. you go like from like how you introduced him in the first book, or that's how much you don't want. You know, somebody they're they just copy and paste it from the last book. So yeah, how much character do you put back in there? Because you want if they haven't read the first one, you want them to okay. Now I need to figure out more about these folks and how they got to where they're at in this book from the first. Yeah, book. and I. I've always struggled with that. I call that like the admin side of the story, like right, mm-hmm. like it's uh, it's the cliff notes yep. to get you caught up. And yep. um, I, you know, one of one of my favorite writers who, you know, he, you know, Elmore Leonard's uh, Ten Rules for Writing uh, always says, you know, you skip the parts people won't read, and it's so mm-hmm. for me, it's the admin part of the setup of the story. I'd much rather tell through a you know conversation between characters or a um 
I, was not, I can't, I can't just write a summary to introduce these people. I, they, they've got a, right. the character you walk into this, my characters have no idea what's going on. Um, they know that they're responding to something or they're caught up with something, but they don't have the information, you know, the omnipresence that, uh, you know, the bad guys over here getting Mm -hmm. shifty and shady and you're that my character's responding to the stimulus around trying to attack the problem. And, uh, I don't think my readers should have any more information than my, than my character does. So I try to, uh, I try to keep them as much in the dark as my character is so they can feel the same way and then balance Mm -hmm. that with. Yeah, they also have to know who the bad guy is and they have to know the bad guy's motivations and all that stuff. So it's always a, a constant kind of struggle with mm-hmm. um, making my readers hang on and wonder the same way my main characters wonder how how this is working out and how they're going to get out of this while responding to the machinations of the of the antagonist. I It's a tough balance, right. but I I don't want to I don't want to admin anyone. I don't want to read a summary right. for anybody, you know. Yeah, I, I, I try to just introduce enough to where, okay, this is an interesting person, or the, the you know, are you in the cliff notes? What's what's <laughs> kind of highlight of this person? Like my, the one that I'm bringing more prominent feature in the in the book. She is a Mary. She's a CIA agent, but she's also a trained culinary chef from the CIA. Oh, nice. She's an assassin, and how she kills people is by food. She has such an impeccable restaurant, the CIA can place her in any restaurant in the world. And when she kills them or incapacitates them, they can never trace it back to the ho- to the restaurant because it's like two or three days later. And even using the most advanced forensic, it looks natural causes. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's what's her, uh, it's yeah. kind of her specialty. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. I mean, and it's so much fun. You can go anywhere with that. Like, there's no place oh, in the yeah. world you can't go with that character. That's that's. I a, put that's, her in Berlin because I like Germany. <laughs> I, I think, uh, but but you know, you say Germany. I'm like, yep, I, I love Germ. I love Germany. But yeah. uh, and and um, and as I'm saying, you can't. You can, there's no place in the world you can't use her. Automatically, there's a little voice in my head saying, "You can't use her in London." Because the the only you know the only place yeah. I've ever been where I was like that food was not something I'm ever going to remember was, was Heathrow. Yeah, it was Heathrow. Yeah, it was, it was Heathrow. And the best food I've had in London is Heathrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get out in the city though, it's like, oh, this place looks great, and you're like, wow, that's that is absolutely lacking in memorability. <laughs> now, all my English friends, uh, I'm quarter English, so don't <laughs> love you guys. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I can't I'd wait to go back. King. But I'm, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it wasn't their fault either. I I just spent yeah. like time in in Czechoslovakia or Czech not anymore Czech Republic, and mm-hmm. uh, the food there was amazing. And East more yeah. you know Austria and Germany, and then you yeah. know oh, hang yeah. out in London for a couple nights. Like oh, I should have eaten comfort her first. Food. Yeah, my wife's Ger- my wife's German, so it's comfort yeah. food. It's so good. Food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So excellent, excellent. So when's your new? Uh, book you think is going to be out when you got a date i'm looking if i if i finally pull the trigger you know you know make a decision and pull the trigger on i'm just putting it out myself i'm i'm hoping it's out by april i get a book conference um space coast books i do every year so i'd uh i'd like to have it available by then and i think i could probably do it my cover guy has so much business that he says he can't get to me until like january february but he's he's a by then i think i can clear it and and get the get it packaged up okay. pretty good for a for an april release but it's you know that build up to it doing trying to figure the marketing out pop- properly mm-hmm. this time and get a good launch is it's the launch is kinda... the most critical aspect and i wish i'd have known that in my first book right yeah. i mean 
I wish somebody would have told me. Or nobody tells me. us. Nobody tells us any of this stuff. No, no, because <laughs> it, it is critical. So, where can people uh, reach out to you and find your books? And and I know we linked in through Twitter, so uh, or X, where you want to call it. Yeah, I'm I'm on X uh, at John Stamp Writer. Uh, same handle for Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. The website is uh, is uh, JohnStampWriter.com. Uh, I've got a podcast. Uh, That's Criminal Podcast. I think you're joining me coming yep. after the turn of the year i think yes January. um yeah uh so that's uh that's criminal with john stamp i do a little true crime and talk to that writer life uh all at the mm-hmm. uh all at the same time so i'm having a blast doing that so that's i mean that's how i started doing that. I was yeah. like, doing different podcasts is like this is so much fun i'm just gonna do my own <laughs> you know so uh, well I, I started this because i didn't know anything i didn't know crap about it you know mm-hmm. writing a book or anything so i said I might as well talk to people that have either done it or will do it or going to do it or want to do it. And I've gotten so much information that, I mean, you know, different writing techniques or, you know, I, or maybe I thought, wow, I'm doing something. This, what I'm doing is just stupid. Then I find out that maybe not, right? Yeah. Other people write almost the same technique or, or different things. So I, I, I do like doing the podcast and I've met a lot of cool people too. And, and uh, that's, that's probably the, you know, the most fun of it is meeting all the cool people. And yeah, and it's and it's uh and it's like you said that writing community is so supportive. I mean, it's uh it's one hundred percent different from like corporate America. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's everybody oh, yeah. just wants everybody else to everybody else to be successful, and it's yeah. uh, it's very rare. I I don't remember seeing that in any other aspect of you know coming around. No, you probably won't. <laughs> 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 because you know, there's millions of readers, so. But your job was one job that somebody else is wanting to do, right? Oh, yep, that's right. That's so you got somebody else coming, somebody else younger and wanting wanting your stuff a little smarter, maybe. So I don't. Know. <laughs> well, John, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, and I wish you the most success. Uh, happy Thanksgiving coming up, coming up, yeah. Uh, but folks, go out, check him out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, his website, uh, and uh, check out his podcast. Yep. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, sir. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.